0: Welcome to Lost in the Supermarket, the podcast that goes behind the shelves with a look at new products, the latest health information, unique recipes, how you can get the best deal for every dollar, and of course, the latest trends. I'm Phil Lempert, and today's podcast is titled There's an Apple for That. Our guests, Brianna Schales, Stemult's communication manager. Stemult Growers is a family owned tree fruit growing, packing, and shipping company based in the state of Washington. It is the largest fresh market sweet cherry shipper in the world and one of the nation's largest grower-packer shippers of apples, pears, cherries, and stone fruit. Brianna has been with the company for over a decade, so I can think of no one better to tell us why there's an apple for that. Joining Brianna is Ethan Stowell, an award-winning chef with 15 restaurants in Seattle, Washington, and a new one. That's going to be opening up in New York City. Ethan also works with charitable causes that support nutrition, women's rights, and leadership, helping the homeless and developing the menu at the Seattle Mariner Games. He is Stemmel's official spokeschef and deepens the farm-to-table connection with consumers and will share some new apple recipes and ideas with us today. Welcome, Brianna and Ethan, to Lost in the Supermarket.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks for having us. Uh, let's get started. So, Brianna, first for you, what's happening in the Apple category? When I go into a supermarket, you know, I see probably the biggest display is of apples, um, all different varieties. But, you know, still, there's only maybe a half a dozen varieties. Um, is, there, is there more things going on than, than just that?
1: Yeah, there's you know just a lot of consumer choices now in the Apple world, and the reason because of that is because um, the the breeding process to develop a new Apple has um, become you know something that's happening on a global scale. So we have a lot more Apple breeders honing in on different crosses to. Bring a new apple to birth, um, and and that's all done to enhance the flavor experience and and you know increase the flavors and and um, varieties available to consumers. There's a lot of money behind it, obviously, but sure. um, a lot of it is to for growers likes to milk to become an exclusive. A supplier of a certain apple variety in order to offer its consu- its customers and consumers something different than than the other growers.
0: So, chef, let let me ask you a question. Um, in all honesty, sure. you know, isn't an apple an apple when when you're cooking, <laughs> when you're tasting? I mean, are we talking about subtle differences that the average American can even taste?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think so, for sure. I mean, you know, I think there's, you know, there's this, uh, obviously, I'm from Washington, I'm from Seattle, I'm from here. And, you know, I grew up with apples, and I love apples. Uh, but yeah, I think there is, I think there are big differences in apples. You know, I think there are ones that are really, you know, suited for cooking. I think there are some that are really suited for being raw, there's some that are really suited for being pickled. You know, I mean, so yeah, I think there are big differences in, in apples. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I think what, what you're really looking for is that, is that, is that, you know, that, that, apple experience that only an apple can give you that crunchy, sweet, bite of sour kind of uh cold apple. You know, I like my apples cold personally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, th- that an apple can give you, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things that's kind of one of those magical, you know, magical
0: fruits. So Brianna was nice enough to send me um, the, your latest apple, the pinata, I have not tried it yet, so I'm going to just see um, what you say about the crunch, about the flavor, and so on. So hold on.
2: Look at that, see. Mm. You can hear it.
0: <laughs> you can definitely hear it. and also extreme well, chef, talk while I'm chewing here.
2: <laughs> you know well, the pinata apple to me is is a, is a very unique apple. Uh, I think there's apples out there that are really suited for cooking. And there's apples out there suited for eating raw. And I think the piñata does a good balance of both of them. But I think, you know, I think one of the things of it being a, you know, it being a cooking apple, I think it suits itself really well. And I'm not just talking about apple pie kind of thing, you know, or an apple tart, you know. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about like, you know, you know, for us, you know, we think about things a little bit differently. We're not thinking about, you know, the main traditional accompaniments of apples. We're thinking about, you know, a grilled apple, you know, with, you know, with duck breast or something along those lines or, you know, you know, you know, apples and goat cheese and, and, and apples and, um, you know, apples and, uh, and, and lamb or venison or some sort of meat where it's a little bit rich and the apple can lend itself to a nice, you know, balancing of that richness.
0: So what I loved about the pinata is certainly, um, everyone heard the, the crispiness of it, uh, which was nice. And, and again, I like my apples cold too. So it was in the refrigerator, but also the, and uh, Brianna, you can probably give me the right words for this, but when I bit into it, the, the juiciness um, and the sweetness of it um, was something very different than what I've had before. And I've had you know, Red Delicious and I've had Pink Ladies and, and you know, all these others, but this really was a, a different mouthfeel experience for me. Why is that? And, and how, do you, how do you breed an apple to do that?
1: Yeah, so pinata is a trio of three apples um, and all all with heirloom parentage. So you have golden delicious and that's where a lot of those cooking attributes come into because, mm-hmm. you know, we all know golden's is, is a good cooking apple. But then you also have Cox's orange pippin, which is out of England. And that's where you get that juiciness and the acids that you're kind of uh, recognizing when you bite into it. So you get sweet flavors from Goldens, and then the acids from Cox's Orange Pippin, which is a hard variety to grow, um, which is why you don't see it here in the U.S., but when you can combine that with, um, in this case, Golden Delicious, and then another variety called Duchess of Oldenburg, you can, you know, get that, that balanced crisp or balanced sweet and tart notes, along with um, that really vibrant juiciness.
0: So let's talk about the breeding process uh, for for a moment. So what you're doing is you're you're taking three different apples and, you know, somebody, you know, some breeder is scotch taping the seeds all together and then hoping (laughs) that it's going to grow. How does this work?
1: Yeah. So... So most often breeders are using, you know, two varieties, although there there is the ability to do, you know, more in the case of pinata. But if you take a variety like our, one of our newer apples, Rave, you have um, Honeycrisp as one parent and another parent called Monarch. And the goal of breeding this apple was to have it come off the tree earlier than any other in the U.S. So um, Honeycrisp is a cold hardy a variety that came out of the university of minnesota and so did rave um so what they what a breeder will do um is they basically cross the pollen of you know or take take a brush like a like a small brush that you would use for painting and they take the pollen from one flower and put it into the stamen of another and they're doing this out on a tree in nature so it takes you know three three years to even realize the next crop um, that you might have a potentially new variety and from there once they actually have a piece of edible fruit they are going to be eating it testing it deciding if they even want to keep it so the the famous story about Honeycrisp is that it was in the discard pile and the researcher saved it from that so that's Mm -hmm. why we all have Honeycrisp today but it's uh, cross-pollination breeding, this method that's used in apples, is not genetically mod- modified. And it's a lot like how humans breed. So you can take this, these two varieties, Honeycrisp and Monarch, and put them together. And one time you might get the result of something that's as fantastic as Rave. But if you do that same process again, you are going to get different traits because you're doing it in a natural environment. So it's the same way that you know a parent can have a redheaded child and one with brown hair, it's the same process for apples. You you get different results each time you make these crosses. So
2: you're basically saying that University of Michigan is the tender of apples.
1: University of Minnesota, <laughs> they are. It's oh, really odd. Yeah, it's I'm kind mad. of an odd, yeah, it's an odd, um, it's an odd phenomenon because you think of Minnesota and you think of snow, but they, they right. do have a really great breeding program
0: there. <laughs> Interesting. So um, let me, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, you talked about the fact that it's not a GMO process, that it's a natural process. Um, one of the questions that I've been asked a lot about consumers, um, they, they say, you know, we understand that apples are, you know, are picked, um, obviously, when they're ripe, and then they're put in storage, and sometimes for three months, sometimes for a year, and they say, well, why, why are they doing that? And does, does that mean that it's still fresh?
1: It does mean they're still fresh, and in fact, like a lot of the apples that we're putting away into storage in the fall, um, are some of the best eating ones that you can have in the spring and summer. So I actually think the spring and summer are some of the greatest apple eating experiences. However, so what we're doing when we when we put something into storage um, is that you basically are harvesting the apples, w- and the ones that have higher starch reserves. Um, which you can you can find out from a basic test or, you know, QC testing. Um, the ones that have higher starch reserves are going to be put into cold, controlled atmosphere rooms where they um, basically take the, ox- take the oxygen down to really low levels and it's kept at a cold temperature. And then they infuse some nitrogen into it, all natural elements. That basically keeps the apples at an alive but, like, very deep sleep. So they're... They're not respiring. They're not converting those starches to sugars until we take them out of these controlled rooms and pack them and send them onto the grocery store. Then that conversion of starches to sugars happens again, and it's the reason why we can enjoy, you know, crisp, juicy apples all year round that taste very similar as they do in the fall right off the tree.
0: Uh, chef, I want to get to some recipes, but before I do that, one last question, Brianna. Uh, when, when I look at all the apple names that, that you talked about, um, and how many dip, different apple varieties are there? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: Uh no, I don't. I mean, there's a new one every day it feels like. But mm. I would say that when we talk about the you know, we have the mainstay varieties like Red Delicious and Honey Honeycrisp is becoming a mainstay variety now. And then you have these like new club varieties that belong to a certain grower or a certain group of growers and they have exclusivity on that. And those ones are the ones where that it's hard to keep track of because Got there's it. just more every single year. So
0: so there's probably a hundred to, to pick a number.
1: Yeah. 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 I would say roughly a hundred that, that re- that grocery stores are choosing from.
0: Yeah. So how do I, as a, as a shopper, as a consumer, keep up with all these new apples, all these new varieties? I mean, you know, I, I can just imagine going into the produce department, you know, talking to the produce manager and my head spinning. So I just reach for the pinata because I know it. I now love it. Um, and I'm not experimenting with with all these other ones that might have, you know, really cool flavors and, and really cool uses.
1: Yeah, I think as growers um, and brand owners, you know, people like Stemilt want to create a name that will excite the consumer so that they will pick it up and have that first trial. But then I think after that, it's it's really, you know, up to the retailer. And then, of course, people like Stemilt help retailers educate shoppers about different apples, how to pick the best one for each purpose. Um this is, I think that's going to become really important as online shopping emerges. We're going to have mm-hmm. to tell the story of these apples or no one's going to know what they are. And they're going to go to their old standby for every purpose, which, as Chef Eason said, that's not really the best idea. Right. So um, I think that, you know, it's really our job as growers to get the word out about these varieties. And then hopefully the ultimate goal is to deliver just an incredible eating experience when they have a new apple so that they'll go back to it again and
0: again. So, Chef Ethan, let's talk about recipes. You know, mm-hmm. you you went through a whole bunch of different ideas, some of which I never thought of. Uh, using apples with different meats and so on. Uh, give us your favorite uh, pinata recipe.
2: Well, for the pinata, I mean, I guess my favorite thing to do with it is to simply roast it. Maybe with a little bit of sugar on it. Maybe if you know if you if your palate's pretty sweet. You know, but have a uh, have a nice rings of it and roast them off and uh, serve with sliced uh, sliced duck breast and a little aged balsamic vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because it's got you know you know the the pinata and balsamic I think complement each other very well because they're both sweet but have a little bit of acidic you know, qualities to them. Mm-hmm. And then the richness of duck is a, a perfect balance for you know for for a pinata apple and balsamic vinegar. You know, other so, things I like to do with them, I just like, I mean, you know, I mean, my favorite thing, you know, everybody's eating healthier now and everybody's on the go. Mm-hmm. I just love salads a lot now. You know, mm-hmm. just cutting up a, a pinata and putting it in a salad right now is just a great way to use it too.
0: I want to go back to the roasting because um, shame on me. I am not a chef. I'm um, sure. barely barely a cook. How do you roast an apple?
2: Uh, you know, you can, you know, literally it's just, it's, it's as simple as slicing it and cutting out the seeds and sprinkling with a little bit of sugar and putting it in a four degree a oven for 10 minutes. Wow. As simple as that. Yeah. I,
0: I, I will try that and, and cutting it in what, about a quarter inch? Um, I mean,
2: for us, uh, for us, yeah, a quarter inch, you know, if we're doing it for presentation purposes, you know, we try to make things look fancy and, you know, unnecessarily so uh, usually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we would just do rings. And core out the middle, so there's you know like three you know three rings of roasted apple per uh, per duck breast, and um, uh, they have to be about a quarter inch thick, and put them in a 400 degree oven for 10 to 12 minutes, and simple as that. It's really it's really super easy.
0: I will I will definitely try that tonight.
2: Or no. if you have a grill, or if you have a grill, just grill them till they have nice grill marks on one side. That's great. Ah,
0: easy. Okay. Easy, easy, easy. Well, uh, to both of you, thanks so much for being on today. Uh, So there is an apple for that, after all. Um, And Brianna and Chef Ethan, thanks so much for joining us and keep the word out there um, about all these fabulous apples. But my favorite is now the piñata. No question about it. I'm going to keep on eating.
2: All right. Well, thanks for having us.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And we'll be back with another episode of Lost in the Supermarket.